Welcome to You Hate to Hear It, a podcast where we listen to a song that one of us has chosen, usually a song that one of us really does not enjoy. We talk about it and then we try to decide whether or not it truly is the worst song ever. Usually we have one person kind of pick the song that's something that kind of stuck in their craw that just didn't work for them. Maybe just kind of uh, a song that they just would always turn off when it came on the radio. And we give it a critical evaluation. And sometimes hearts and minds change. Sometimes we all decide, yeah, we hate it. You know, ban it from culture. Do not put this in a time capsule. Do not uh, (laughs) print it on a golden record and send it out into space. This one should just never be heard again. But um, today we today we did an interesting one. But let's get to that in a second, guys. How we doing? This is our episode two, and we we have a name now. You hate to hear it. What do you guys think? I love it personally because I chose it, and we put it out to uh, two separate polls: one on Reddit, one on Instagram. And it looks like uh, this is the title that's won out, despite you know some people protesting. There's always mm-hmm. somebody who's going to hate it on Reddit, but uh, <sighs> hey. So Ryan, you chose the name and you put it to kind of a Reddit poll. I think Andrew and I, I'm Brian, by the way, we skipped introductions. We'll oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm Ryan, the guy who won with the best name <laughs> and the best ideas. I'm, I'm Andrew. I came in second. <laughs> and you put it to this Reddit poll. And one of the things I saw on Reddit was someone that said to you, this is in the R podcast subreddit. One of the things that someone said to you on there was like, well, the phrase you hate to hear it is really just kind of just a, a passing phrase. You know, in a, a little, a few years, people won't know what that means. So it's kind of, it's uh, t- it's not timeless enough. It's just slang. <laughs> is it? And I believe I responded with, actually, it's, it's more of an idiom, like an eye for an eye, which as far as I know, has been around for about 4,000 years. Uh, so. What does that mean? Yeah. Never heard that it's, one. It's, it's an idiom, just like it was more of a eye for an eye, two for three. Oh, you're being sarcastic. <laughs> it's a good idiom. <laughs> I was being an idiot. Uh, so, so yeah, so we are, you hate to hear it. And uh, we can just quickly go over our bona fides again. Andrew, why don't you start? Yeah, um, my name's Andrew. I'm a music lover. Been playing music for, you know, 30 plus years. All kinds of different instruments and uh yeah, just um, love music, generally speaking. Kind of a drum guy, kind of a drum guy. Yeah, when you yeah. really, if you really want to get down to brass tacks, all right, Ryan. Now, what the hell makes you think that you have the right to try to take shots at kings like the man that we're going to try to take shots at here in a moment? <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'm claiming the right because I have, much like the person we're going to talk about today, been playing guitar. Since I was about 10, 11 years old, been in multiple bands. I am a podcast audio editor as well as a video editor. Uh, I deal with sound all the time and also have been a big bookhead uh, for about the same amount as playing music. So um, really care about the lyrics and uh, the tunes and fucking am not pleased with the person we're about to talk about. Yeah, today <laughs> Andrew chose the song. And uh, I think this is the first. No, 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 no. Don't you put that on me. Ryan, Ryan. Oh, right. It was Ryan. What was I thinking? I wrote down the wrong thing. How dare you, sir? Well, I'm letting my grief Muppet uh, do a lot of my admin for me. And he just screws (laughs) shit up. (laughs) That's funny, dude. I put him down as the grief grimace. Well, you know, before before we get quite into that, just want to say it's good to see you guys after... It's been about a week now. It's felt like a fucking month for this guy over here. Um, oh. As I, I let you know, I was a victim of uh, uh, fraud, online <laughs> fraud in the most terrible form, which I never even knew existed until last week. I am sorry, dude. Somebody got my my banking info as well as my social uh, posing as a real employer from a real business, a uh, tech business that I thought, oh, of course they're a tech business. They're going to be interviewing me you know, through Skype, and I might not necessarily even talk to a human being until training time. Um, that was a lie. I was scammed by probably a bot that interviewed me for about two oh, hours. No, two goddamn hours of real interview questions that were like directly related to the job description, what I would be doing there. Whoa. And by that point, when they're with the requisite time of like, please wait while we contact HR and like you know 
just confirmed that we're going to hire you. Waited another like 20 minutes there and gave him my banking info because I thought we were about to sign some papers. And then the classic, uh, we're going to send you a quote unquote certified check and then you're going to buy this shit and then it's going to be from our certified store. And Mm. that's when I knew, okay, I'm being scammed. Holy crap. I need to put a freeze and a lock on everything, go get everything reported to the FTC. So it's felt like a, a literal month since last we've done this podcast. Damn, bro. Um, wow. I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, yeah, so, man, just wow. watch out. If you are looking for a new job out there, and you know, be careful who you do business with, LinkedIn as well as Skype. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah. If you're looking for a job, I would just say, like, just don't. there's lots of crime that you can do that's available really just in your town local some of it you can do from home like being a scammer you know i i think those i think those people deserve to have their fingernails trimmed too high may they stub (laughs) their toes not ripped out i was thinking about that and i was like nah let's not go there but um then may they stub their toe every day of their life ryan those people are evil May yeah. they listen to the entire discography of the artists we're about to mention. Oh, come <laughs> on. That's not justice. <laughs> so, Ryan, why don't you tell us the song, the artist, and why you chose this one? This has really been stuck in my craw uh, as soon as I found out it is, it recently hit. And um, this is an artist that, from the moment I learned about him, I have absolutely loathed. This is Ed Sheeran, everybody. Yay! Whoa. And uh, his new song, Eyes Closed. Too bad it's not called Ears Closed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Basically. Dude, so I don't know. To give a little backstory on. Let's hear about Ed. Yeah, the history of Ed and I. I first like was aware of Ed Sheeran. I think back in 2017, I, I went on a trip to Europe with my brother. And everywhere we went, his face was plastered on billboards at the posters in the airport on every bus stop bench in the UK. Uh, You go over to Germany, he's still there. He was a phenomenon. And that, you know, to be fair, we're going to get into it here in this history. That was kind of his year, um, his victory lap, so to speak. So I'm like, who's this Ed Sheeran guy? I see his face everywhere, right? We're staying in a hotel and I see on TV, like the top 10, like Euro pop hits, uh, Perfect, which was his hit of that year. And sappy ass lyrics, terrible, terrible lyric writing, stupid video, kids playing in a snow laden cabin, taking ski shots at the bar. (laughs) Well, he drinks a lot in his music videos, doesn't he? (laughs) We're going to talk about that. It's a theme with him talking about drinking, showing drinking like he's a stinking drinker. Um, But. What really rubbed me the wrong way, I remember watching this video, was there was a moment that he scripted in his own music video that he had this girl hand him a guitar in the cabin, he plays for her, and then she's just staring at his face crying because what he's playing (laughs) is making her emote so hard. I was like, you wrote that. This is some (laughs) weird, fucked up head game Uh, that that you're putting on this woman. He's like, "Uh, and uh, then how about uh, she gives me a little kiss? (laughs) I guess he's Irish, isn't he? Oh, and then how about I get a little kiss? I'll give you my lucky charm. <laughs> Officially, he's one of the top Yorkshiremen. Oh, he's a Yorkshireman. He was born there and lived there for four years. But uh, he, yeah, he claims the UK. Okay. Um, Sorry, Ireland. Didn't mean to throw that at you. Yeah, come on, man. That's Top of the morning to you, anyways. <laughs> Aaron Gabra. Or whatever. So yeah, that's how I found out about Ed Sheeran. Like, what about you guys? When when did you first know this man existed? God, I mean, um, that Game of Thrones episode that he showed up in. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what I was going to say, too. Like, I remember when that happened. And who's this dork? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, lots of people were like, oh, my God, did you see that? I was like, I have no idea. who. I just thought it was an actor and not a very good actor. At that. Um, but yeah, the people were like, no, that was Ed Sheeran. I was like, oh, OK, sure. So that was basically like a dad moment that you guys had. Where everybody's talking about a guy that everyone <laughs> yes. already knew about. It's true. <laughs> but but I will take with pride that like what? A season before that, maybe no, two seasons before that in Game of Thrones, like during during Joffrey's wedding, I was like, that's fucking Cigarose. Like, I know that that's Cigarose. And everyone was like, that's not Cigarose. And it was like, watch the credits. And what do you know? That was Cigarose playing. So I will happily take that over knowing who Ed Sheeran is any day. 
Sigurus shows up in Game of Thrones, and I'm like, cool. This guy yeah. does, and I'm just like, man, we're stopping to sing a song. I heard the song. Yeah. <laughs> the raining on the cast, the the rains of Casimir. Heard it. Let's move along, people. So I will remind you, in Game of Thrones, he's actually not singing Rains of Castamir. He's oh. singing, yeah, because like Arya walks up and she's like, I've never heard that song before. And he looks at her, he's like, it's a new one. Oh my God. <laughs> and then she cries um, oh my. Yeah. and holds him. Yeah, and then she cries. <laughs> yeah, she like hands him a guitar and he starts playing. And then, yeah, and then she cries. But no, I mean, at least if he was going to be anyone on Game of Thrones, at least he was a fucking Lannister. You know, totally. at least he was a Lannister soldier. Strong <laughs> Lannister vibes. So, yeah. so Ryan, you are you are not alone in feeling kind of an intense little bit of hatred. And I kind of uh, scoured the internet a little bit today, and I really found the two two opposing views. And I'll, I'll share some things I found on the internet with you related to uh, uh, your man here. So these are a couple comments. This one's from Reddit. So I, I, do you think that these are going to be his fans or his detractors? Well, were you on r slash Sheeran? Or I like, was on r slash I hate Red Sh- Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Do you think that is an, <laughs> not an objective source? <laughs> it may be a little cherry picking, but let's hear it. So let's here's, hear here's, it. One that, here's one that I liked. Uh, his fan base thinks mayonnaise is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Get him. <laughs> the, the next one that I wrote down, I don't know why I bothered to. Um, he sucks. Sucks big time. And then after that, total, <laughs> total douche. Uh, I'll take. These, these, yeah, these guys, these guys are like, I don't want to put a lot of thought into my critique of this band. It just sucks, <laughs> sucks big time. And then uh, this another guy says, he's got a face for radio. Oh, damn. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I've seen, listen, I've, I've seen worse faces. And then here's the worst, which you might have to bleep this one. <laughs> Seems like the kind of guy who apologizes when he comes. <laughs> oh, terribly sorry, miss. <laughs> and that one's from that one's from Powdered Dogma. I was like, I give this guy credit. Yeah, that that's an upvote right <laughs> there. Well done, Powdered. <laughs> I, I think it's justifiable in a way. He is the perfect man to be jealous over and just pour all of your hate on if you're that kind of type of hater because he seems to have this crazy charmed life where, you know, I'll be fair, he's put in the work since, well, we're going to get into it here. Since basically the age of 11 years old, he's been writing songs and putting out little albums and trying his ass off. It just, he didn't seem to ever fail. He just keeps like meteorically rising through his trajectory. So let's let's get into it a little bit. I got a bit of a bio. I'm going to breeze through the, the first bit because honestly, when we get into his albums, it is a veritable laundry list of awards. I don't know if there is another artist in existence with as many awards, but you know. Hit, okay. hit me in the comments. Let me know that I'm wrong. I'm sure you will. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm I'm just going to guess that Beyonce's won more awards than him, um, like educatedly. But but yeah, keep going, keep going. Okay, well, let's uh, talk about his style. He's started off as a singer songwriter, but he's really branched out. He's sort of a multi genre artist at this point. He's messed with like folk, pop, kind of sort of rap over folk, um, oh, electronic. That's cool. Right, it's a super good look. Um, and, and some R and B as well. So he's he's all over the place. I think that also lends to his popularity. So he was born Edward Christopher Sheeran. Uh, in Halifax, West Yorkshire, on February 17th, 1991. Just a oh, young happy lad. belated birthday, Ed. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he, he lived there for about four years and then moved to Framlingham in Suffolk in 1995. Uh, that might seem like a really random thing for me to mention, but it will come up later. Um, it's important to Holy me shit. and my jealousy. How deep does this rabbit hole go? First, this guy's born. Then he lives in Flugglefluggum. Wow. <laughs> Framlingham. Come on, Framlingham. Man, get it fucking right. Uh, they're really gonna shit on you when you when you go over there. <laughs> we for might tour. lose. Yeah. We might lose our fangligums. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, he learned how to play the guitar at age eleven. So this brings us up to high school, where he starts writing songs. He begins recording music in two thousand four, and now this is age thirteen, mind you. So from there, 
We're going to jump ahead to 2008. He moves to London at age 17 and starts playing small venues. Fast forward to 2009, one year later, he begins studying music at the Academy of Contemporary Music, which is basically like a UK version of Berklee College of Music. So you're learning, you know, music theory, performance, as well as the business side, how to really uh, shill yourself out. Yeah, the Trump College of Music. That's what I say. <laughs> Come at me, Berkeley. No, just kidding. My, my friend works there. They're, they're, it's not a scam. It's mostly not a scam. Hey, props to Berkeley College of Music. They gave me a scholarship to go to their summer camp when I was in high school, when I was a tryhard like Ed Sheeran. But, dude, uh, the caliber of musicians at that point, there's a kid who slept with his guitar every night, went to the mess hall with his guitar strapped around him, eating his cereal while he's playing his scales. Come on. Give me a break. It's like, dude, yeah. come on. We're like 17 here, guy. We're just like trying to, you know, bum some cigars from the shop and get laid if we're lucky. Anyhow. Well, no, but I mean, when I was in high school or sorry, when I was in college, I mean, I was that dedicated to drumming. I was beating off constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, in the mess hall. Yeah. It got messy. <laughs> oh. Summa cum loudly. Oh, my goodness. First time that joke's been made. Oh, the, yeah, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure the the thing that about the holding the guitar all the time though and then andrew's joke just connected the dots like so he's with the guitar all the time sleeps with the guitar so like i'm not borrowing that dude's guitar like, like <laughs> let's disinfect that yeah. yeah yeah you don't want to shine a black light on that bad boy oh, it's, God. Uh, no. it's yeah a horror show so he goes to this really cool school kind of after already he's had some kind of success in london uh, you know, no, he's really just striking out right now. He's like put out his album when he was 13. He's like, I'm going to make it. I'm a musician. And he's really making a go of it. So he's 18 now. He's getting, you know, some some real music lessons at the UK Berkeley, what have you. Uh, but then he drops out because he gets his first opportunity to work with a laundry list of different artists. And then the very next year, 19, he posted a video through SBTV. Now, this is a channel that was launched by British entrepreneur Jamal Edwards, um, English music entrepreneur, DJ. And this is important because he actually ties into Ed Sheeran's motivations behind the song, mm -hmm. which I'm going to argue are not entirely genuine. <laughs> Whoa. So uh, this is his big break, though. When he links up with Jamal, they become fast friends his career is now starting to launch online. Um, he's really picking up. Getting the likes. He, uh, yeah, the likes are accruing. And this is early, 2010, you know. That like, was the time. You're going you're gonna to blow up in a big way. So um, that very same month, Sheeran released his critically acclaimed Loose Change EP, which featured his future debut single, The A-Team. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't listen to it. Uh, no, but Ryan, how can you say that you don't like Ed Sheeran? I remember you telling me that I needed to like understand this loose change. You were always talking about loose change back in the early 2000s. <laughs> remember how like it was 9-11 was an inside job, all that stuff? Uh, you uh -oh. know, Sheeran had a lot of good ideas. It's true. And he was very convincing. Um, but, you know, when I stopped being a child, I had to put away childish things. I had to tuck those towers back into my toy drawer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, I haven't even gotten to the albums yet, so let's really blow past this. Dude, this guy is like a hit machine. He's yeah. what he's he's had his this this song, which is coming off his forthcoming album called Subtract, which uh is one of my favorite mathematical operations. So I appreciated that name. Uh, it lands, it's his 14th bestseller official in the UK, and it's only one week short of beating Tony and I's 11-week run with Dance Monkey, which I think <laughs> sounds like a pretty cool song. I want to check that one out. Uh, that's definitely going on the playlist. But so did you, in all this research, which I assume that you just had a chatbot do, um, Oh, yeah, yeah. ChatGPT <laughs> definitely helped me out with that one. ChatGPT, investigate Ed Sheeran. So two, did you find and the, two, the two skin? Yeah, at once. Mix them together. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you happen to notice his two scandals that he's been involved in? Because most people kind of say, you know, Ed Sheeran is kind of, he's a, a good star because he's not problematic. You know, often when you like a pop musician, you know, 
you, you, you love him and then you find out something about him and you're like, oh man, now that guy's like a problematic like for me. Are we talking about musical rip-offery or are we talking about like more like a behavioral thing? Well, there's two. So the first one you just mentioned. So he does have some copyright infringement claims. And, yes. uh, and uh, I, I, I listened to a video that had a little side-by-side and I was just like, oh man, you have stolen a song. But you know what he said about that? He said... Coincidence is bound to happen. If 60,000 songs are being released every day on Spotify, that's 22 million songs a year. And there's only 12 notes that are available. <laughs> Just 12 notes, that is man. his cardinal sin, <laughs> is only thinking there are 12 notes. You know, he should have stayed in music school. Yeah, exactly. Is what the problem is. He learned his 12 oh. notes, and then he's like, okay, that's it. I quit. Just 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he he thinks there's only one octave. Is that all it is? There's, there's only one octave. There are no only 12 notes that are available oh my god so you you are referring to a court case it was a 20 million dollar court case that he did settle out of court for his song photograph which uh, i guess apparently shared 39 identical notes to the song amazing which was written by thomas leonard and martin harrington uh released by the x-factor winner matt cardle another guy that i'm sure we all know well, he'd <laughs> yeah, probably love absolutely. to be love to be as famous as Ed Sheeran. We should probably talk about just like some of the awards he's won. Okay, mm-hmm. just like let's give a sense of just like how crazy popular Ed Sheeran is. Accolades, um, yeah. Here. So let's see, his first album in 2011 plus topped the UK albums chart. 2014, Multiply, his next one. You, you're gonna oh, notice wow. that mathematical theme going here. Math guy. Got a little math whiz on her hand. Uh, second best-selling album worldwide of 2015. Album of the year at the 2015 Brit Awards. And then we jump a uh, 2017 Divide. Whoa. <laughs> he's going for it. Dude, oh, he's uh what's what's that movie? A simple mind? No, no, no. A, a brilliant mind. A beautiful mind. A beautiful mind. <laughs> a yeah. simple yeah. mind. That would have been a fun <laughs> title for that movie. Oh, you know what? I would love it if Ed Sheeran did a did like a collab song with Russell Crowe. That would be amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe has a band, dude. Russell Crowe's just as great of a musician as, as yeah. Ed aren't Sheeran. they? Aren't they? Aren't they called the White Crows? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, know. Actually, at one point, I did know what the name of his band is. So, uh, anyways, maybe we can get so, Bruce Willis in there too. You know, mm-hmm. just uh, one last harmonica yeah, to fade uh, off into the sunset. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut that out. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor man. Um, yeah. So, so uh, anyways, and then he kept, kept winning. He kept winning. Uh, we're now at 2017 when he released Divide, which was the best-selling album worldwide of 2017, which is when he also became the first artist ever to have two songs debut in the U.S. top 10 in the same week. So Trump gets elected president. Suddenly, Ed Sheeran's on top in the U.S. Connect the dots. Mm. Well, he also happens to have a striking resemblance to another politician that was elected right before Trump by the name of Boris Johnson. Mm -hmm. He's got that, like, messy hair look, you know, just woke up trying to fuck over the world kind of thing. So uh, (laughs) the messy hair, evil kid club. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to skip about... 2,000 accolades in between there and the next. And that basically brings us to some just all-time best awards for him here. We're looking at Songwriter of the Year twice, which really chaps my ass. Sheeran received the BME from Prince Charles, then Prince Charles at the time, at Buckingham Palace. And then he was named a Baron of Sealand. Do you guys know what Sealand is? Are you familiar with Sealand? Yeah, that's where like the Scientologists will take you to like kidnap you after and brainwash you and stuff. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's probably one of the few places they can still moor their ships in Europe without getting uh, <laughs> chased out with pitchforks and torches. It's a uh, this freestanding structure in the middle of the ocean that's been contested over the years, uh, but the UK owns claim to it at this point. Um, I think that's where some pirate radio went down back in the day, which was super, Uh, pretty dope. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, he's got his own, like, little, like, lawless principality out there in the middle of the ocean that he is the official duke of. Lord knows, speaking about controversial things that might be going down, I'd imagine they happen there, his own private little St. James, if you will. We've given him too much power. We have. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's top it off. Uh, Four Grammys. 
five Brit Awards, six Billboard Music Awards. I think all the like Nickelodeon awards you could ever ask for. Oh man, he got <laughs> he's slimed. probably been slimed about yeah fifty thousand times. Um, and this <laughs> this one just gets me, man. He's considered the fourth greatest Yorkshireman ever, behind Monty Python's Michael Palin, uh, Sean Bean, and Patrick Stewart. Then comes Ed Sheeran, man, and he was there till he was fucking four years old. Like he's not a York. He was a Yorkshire baby. <laughs> They're claiming him just like they claim that pudding. Yeah. Am I jealous? Absolutely. Um, and everybody liking him over, you know, say an artist with a little more personality <laughs> or, you know, some kind of talent, but yeah, you like, know, in the- like, why isn't, why didn't like Kurt Vile like blow up like this when like his songs are like way more interesting, but also very like digestible. And I think some of it's like poppy enough, but like, I think, yeah, we're going to find just, a bunch of artists who should have replaced Ed Sheeran. And that dude, Ryan, people just want that candy. They don't want to have to chew on stuff and digest it or like feel uncomfortable like at all. They just want like absolute candy. And when you look at his fandom, like if you look at the YouTube uh, comments underneath the this video, it is nothing but absolute sheer adoration. These mm-hmm. people love him. They're talking about how this song got them through a hard time, how uh, this uh, COVID years are really bad and like them hearing this uh, this song really just like you know brought up a whole bunch of emotions and helped them process stuff i mean ryan you, you can't you know that's a good thing right oh no 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 it's actually a really annoying thing because i want to play <laughs> for you now and we'll put this on for uh the listeners at home a little excerpt from spotify's interview with him on this song itself and i think it's going to change your mind about how sincere he was about loss okay So let's just play the fucking thing. Here we go. Eyes Closed was originally a song that I'd written for number six collaborations project. And it was a song that was about going to a club that someone you used to date was at and dancing with my eyes closed because everywhere I look, I still see you. And the story was very much imagined. And therefore, I had no connection to it. And every time I listened to it, I'd be like, it doesn't really mean anything. Jamal and SBTV, he was my first like big co-sign. If you speak to my manager or speak to my record label, they, they first heard of me through SBTV. It was a huge door opener for me, but also just as a friend, like I was so close to Jamal throughout the last 13, 14 years. And then when Jamal passed away, for some reason, I just kept having the line in my head everywhere I look I still see you because he's from West London I live in West London and we would hang out there all the time things would just flash back to me of like me and him drunk coming out the bar and then walking home and it's just like all these things reminded me of him so it just kept going everywhere I look I still see you everywhere I look I still see you everywhere I look I still see you and so that's when I sort of revisited eyes closed where you're just sort of frozen in this grief bubble I guess how can I take my grief and shape it into a marketable venture that will net me millions and millions of dollars? See, I, I, right. think, I think that uh, I don't know how bad I feel about that. I mean, Ryan, remember that Marcel Duchamp himself said, Marcel Duchamp, I believe, I think I said that wrong. I don't believe in art. I believe in artists. This is what the artist does. Wow. They take human emotions and squish them into things. And then that like, you know, that becomes a product. And now you have made a product. And what do you do when you have a product? Well, you got to sell that baby. Mm -hmm. And Brian, I believe it was Immortal Technique who said, if you go platinum, it's got nothing to do with luck. It just means a million people are stupid as fuck. Um, They have many of those people have commented on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, and you know what? Now I need to walk it back because uh, I really do feel for those people. You know, if it is offering some sort of relief to your grief, um, that's cool. Use this art to make yourself heal, to make yourself feel better. Lord knows I've lived with grief since I was 18 and I'll, I'll grab whatever I can take. Cool. If that makes me feel a little bit better about, you know, grieving, awesome. But I think Ed Sheeran himself is so insincere about this song. It's It was just some throwaway love song about, like, dancing because he's sad about a breakup with a chick and getting drunk. And then he's like, oh, you know what? No, it's actually about my best friend who died from 
let's talk about it. A drug overdose, cocaine and uh, alcohol. Well, it, it appears that they, they like to party together like quite a bit. That they did. And so the music video of having him basically have a giant pint in his hand and like be drinking a beer and taking shots like the whole time. <laughs> like that's that's so this is his like in memoriam. Rest in peace. I mean, I guess I just would say, you know, like if someone dies of drugs or alcohol, like maybe not the best way to celebrate them is to go get fucked up. But then again, you know, that's what a lot of us do. So like, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be, to be judgy or anything, but it just crossed my mind that thought. Mm -hmm. No, it's, I, I think it's pretty insincere, especially when he talks about how he doesn't do Coke anymore because he feels like it's a disservice to his honor, uh, oh, well, Jamal's honor. You know, it's like, well, what about the drinking? <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do that in the fucking yeah. video we're gonna we're gonna go through like a case of gray goose okay yeah, dude he's gonna call it a bar he always says bar in his songs he never says pub okay like, what's going on here it's so that's a thing with him saying bar because the start of the music video is a neon sign that says bar just bar like mm -hmm. bar like like if like just the quintessential neon sign and then they go in and there's another one bar yeah, the fuck? What's going on with that? I, I will say, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that in England, I think a pub is like just beer and cider. And I think a bar is like a club. So you can get shots, you can get hard alcohol, that kind of stuff. I might be wrong about that, but when I think of pub in England, I specifically think about just, you're just drinking beer and cider. Like maybe they have a spirit behind the counter. Maybe they have some whiskey or something, but it's you're not going in there and ordering Got a... You. No. Cosmopolitan. You're totally right. You're something. totally right. Yeah, exactly. That's a very well, good yeah. point. Well, taking this music video's cues here, kind of what I'm thinking is, like, you should go to a bar and get drunk if you're sad and lonely. And then things will, like, kick off. And before you know it, you're going to end the night, like, with your car in a lake. And then everything will be, everything pretty much will work out fine after that. Like, I, I wasn't exactly sure about the timing. We start with the car underwater with him just basically there underwater, like sitting still. And, you know, it's really important for all the listeners. Like I would just say, you know, take a time out for just a safety break. If you find yourself in that situation where you're in a car that's underwater, filling up with water, it's important that you stay put so that rescuers can find you. <laughs> keep your seatbelt on you really don't want to get uh swept away yeah. with the current <laughs> well, an underwater crash is even worse right exactly <laughs> that was confusing to me like he's having a flashback after he's drunk driven himself into the river so this is like his dying hallucination oh i thought that then he like got out of the car and like was like well better go to the bar because that's what happens <laughs> next <laughs> Damn, I could use a drink. I just threw my car into the river. There's really no good way out of it, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we had about 15 seconds of the music video before he's like, I gotta have a beer. <laughs> and now he's got like a big pint of lager in front of him. Mm -hmm. And uh, is, this, is this about when we get introduced to his awesome new mascot? Yeah, the big blue squisher mellow. <sighs> yeah, what it, uh, I think in the beginning you, you called him a grief grief puppet or something like grief, that i thought of it as a grief muppet <laughs> yeah grief muppet and i i wrote down yeah. here he was he was like a giant grief grimace <laughs> from that <laughs> yeah totally like it was a very like it's a very silly visual metaphor which i think that's kind of but i think that's kind of supposed to be like yeah. kind of funny and clever they're like oh yeah you would think of grief as like if you had to visualize it maybe like i don't know a big black bunch of ooze that was just like flowing on top of you all the time or you know something kind of less appealing than oh it's just kind of a big fun fuzzy monster that then by the end of the video is like 20 feet yeah. tall yeah honestly he terrified the crap out of me just eyes no yeah. mouth i don't know why I, I made the mental connection in my head of uh did you guys ever read harlan ellison any of his short stories oh yeah i have no mouth but i must scream <laughs> That is what immediately came to my mind, which, you know, is basically a story about like this AI mastermind torturing uh, the last remaining three humans on the planet Earth or whatever, five humans, uh, <laughs> just out of pure spite and malice. I don't know why that resonated so much with me. Oh, uh, I do, Ryan. I can see right through the psychological shield that you're trying to put up right now. 
the the a the mean AI from the the short story, that's Ed Sheeran, and the people who have no mouths yet must scream, that's you. You you believe that Ed Sheeran is personally <laughs> doing this to you to torture you? I, I, is this like like a like it's a Truman show? Yeah, that you are. I think, the star. I think you got it on the nose. You yeah. got it in one right there. And so I see where a lot of this vitriol is coming from. Yeah, this is interesting. Lay down on this couch. <laughs> so at the at the bar, we see the the grief puppet. We see grimace, and uh, then he just sees it and he's just like meh, and uh, then he starts to do a little dance with some of the bar people. And if you guys looked at the some of the background actors, man, these guys don't really look like they're having fun. Like, I think he was just like, well, it is a song about my friend who died, but we are going to be dancing and taking shots. So look like you're kind of having a little bit of fun, but not too much fun. <laughs> the people were kind of just like swaying, just kind of like, uh, while Ed Sheeran is just like, Oh, sucking down shots of vod, potato water. Da- uh, smile with your hips, not with your face. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do not look Mr. Sheeran in the eye. You will be let go from this video shoot. Then he goes into the bathroom, and I think that he's thinking in his head while he's in there, like, oh, man, like, we used to blow so many lines in this bathroom. <laughs> but not anymore. But it's a relatively clean bathroom if you are going to use it for that purpose. And uh, that's pretty much it. We go underwater, bar, bathroom. And then the final part of the video, what would you guys think of this? This was kind of supposed to be like the big, you know, feel better part. Oh, you mean him just standing on the pier where he should be overlooking his drowned self? Well, on, on the walk to the pier, he starts walking by other people and they have their own special individual Grief squishmallows too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's kind of seeing like, oh, you know, everybody is carrying this horrible weight around with them. You know, like, hey, everybody is, uh, everybody's got a story. You know. You know what I think he was thinking right there is just merch, merch, merch. I'm gonna fucking turn these into keychains. <laughs> these are gonna be plushies on everybody's bed by wow. fucking December. <laughs> oh, little little sheeny babies. Yup. You know, I kind of like the one with the single eyeball, the little like a uh, white cyclops, like uh, with, like a snowy mountain. I-, I might get that plush for Christmas. To be to be fair, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, the low death perception grief Muppet. <laughs> the uh, did you guys see one of the other grief Muppets was standing next to a man who looked like he was on a walk, and uh, the grief Muppet actually had like a big red leash around its neck. And none of the other ones did. I was just like, this guy's getting into some kinky stuff with his grief people. Yeah, this is shame Muppet, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. I do I do not do not hate. I do not kink shame. As long as there's consent. Well, obviously he he's he's got a complex about it because yeah, it's it's grieving him in some form. He's got some weird sexual hang up. Yeah, that is that's intense. That's above my pay grade. What a poor fella. But then yeah, we end on the pier. The grief Muppet is now like twenty feet tall. And it's kind of staring down at him. He's like, and now I'm going to eat you. The end. <laughs> you must go back in. <laughs> so, like, not really a comprehensive story that, like, I could discern. You know, if I was going to rewrite that, I would have I would have just cut out that whole last pier scene. And I would have had everybody with their grief Muppets all gather in the middle of, like, the square or whatever and, like, celebrate the fact that they all had some pain together. Like, that would have been way more poignant. Yeah. Would have, like, served yeah. some sort of purpose. And, like, they they all just kind of danced together in the end. That would have been Just, cool. like, freaking. Like, just, like, <laughs> daggering each other. Like, so, like... <laughs> on the cobblestone. So, like, something kind of between, like, Blind Melon No Rain and, like, Aphex Twin Window Liquor. Like, something kind of yeah. kind of in between. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, it. This guy needs Absolutely. to take more notes from window liquor. <laughs> I mean, everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. Uh, Truth. You know, that's a song that'll never make it into our podcast, unfortunately. No, no. Yeah. Because no. I believe we all love it too it's, much. It's unanimous. Unless we play the stuff. Yeah. Unless we play the stuff at the end that like we love. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got our records. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So musicality, you know, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the guitar technically is a percussion instrument. So our percussion expert, maybe you can weigh in. What do you think of this kind of a, it's kind of a a, a beady little, it's just kind of a little beat. Yeah, I will say, you know, lyrics aside, I did not hate 
the musical side of this song. I thought the beat was actually pretty good. It was enticing. I did feel like they did a pretty good job, like the production of the song. They did a pretty good job of mirroring the like lonely emotion in the music itself. So like there's no overdubbing of his lyrics. His lyrics are just single track. So which makes him sound alone when he's singing. I appreciated that even when the um, chorus drops, he's it, there's not like a wall of sound or something big. He still kind of sounds like he's alone he sounds like he's kind of singing alone you know it's just low end on it there's not like some kind of like catchy synth pop melody line that comes in like it's pretty just just a kind of nice and open feeling and then i will say that i like the kind of pre-chorus part of it where he's doing the kind of triplet rhythm over the so like i don't know i thought that was i thought that like the song construction itself was pretty good the lyrics, whole other beast, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think that this song just really, to me, it gets bogged down in trying to be a love story. And it should just be a song about being lonely. Like, because I thought that the actual image and metaphor of like dancing with your eyes closed, like I could relate to that. Like I had a pretty good idea, but it like, it was this love song or, you know, maybe it's a song about him remembering his friend. Okay, but I think most people are going to hear this song. Yeah, it is. Yes, exactly. He got dumped. Exactly. Most people are going to hear this song and think that it's a song about getting dumped. Um, And that's the broader appeal of it. And I think it just totally flails in that regard. But musically, I actually give the song, as far as pop songs are concerned, I'm going to give it a solid like C plus B minus. So that's my take. Yeah, I'm I'm right there too uh, with the music. I, I was like, it's harmless. It, it, I, I think it, it definitely evokes something. I mean, you can kind of, and it, it's, it's kind of a nice steady, like thing, what he's doing on the guitar in the beginning. It's, it's simple. It's easy. It's not too busy. It's like a good, it's yeah. just a good little pop. Like it's, as far as musicality goes, not speaking about the lyrics, but just kind of a good little pop beat. Like I was, I was, I was kind of feeling it. And especially compared, I will. I'm disappointed with both of you. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to say especially like like I feel like I probably would have had a lot more to say about some of Ed Sheeran's other songs. I feel like of the top five that are on Spotify right now, because like in preparing for this, I listened to like all of those songs, and this song was by far to me the least offensive of any of the other songs that he's hit that he's hit it big with. Songs that have like three billion listens on Spotify, which is just crazy. Like this song. I would listen to this song nine, like 999 times out of a thousand versus any of those other songs. Okay, sure. Relative to his other terrible yeah. songs, you might enjoy this one. Yeah, more. absolutely. Like, this is just yeah. a repeating descending line, uh, D major, A major with C sharp in the bass, B minor, and then go to the four, G yeah. major. Doesn't change. They just throw in a little bit of that club bass, like boom, boom, boom for the yeah. chorus. And then... In my humble opinion, I think he's just biting Wrecking Ball for the chorus. Dude, I have been singing Wrecking Ball to myself since I listened to this. Why? Now that you totally yeah, dude. came in like a Which is a far ball. superior song lyrically. The vocal melody, just the content of what she's singing about. The Wrecking music video is better too. Well, fucking yeah. amazing. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I enjoy Lit far better the song we covered last week than than this song i think it has more dynamics in its music and in the the lyrical construction even though i think it's basic as hell too that's just one man's opinion who's jealous of ed sheeran fair enough i i uh that was a that was such a great connection oh my god i'm now now i'm just like man am i even in charge of my own mind Yeah, he's like just making you think of other songs that you like better than his yeah. and being like, oh, yeah, I love Ed Sheeran. He he did Wrecking he did. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ed Sheeran. He always makes me think of good other music. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he did that song Amazing. Oh, wait. No, I mean Photograph. I mean, oh, wait. How much did he pay out of court oh, wow. for that? Hmm. As far as the lyrics go, you know, we've got we've got some songs about grief you know, in the history of the zeitgeist of pop music. And uh, I, I sat down and I was thinking about them. I was like, what are the songs about grief that this one is kind of, it's trying to punch in these songs league. So I, I, we'll see if we think that it did it. But there's Puffy uh, under the name Sean Combs, I'll Be Missing You. That's a song about a lost friend. That was big pop-up. 
should we take it back one iteration before he made that song? It was sort of. Did he do another song about a friend who died? Well, that wasn't that Sting song or the Police. Yeah, but that's about a stalker. But that's about a stalker. That's not about. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a good grief song. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, like that song's called "I'll Be Watching You." The original song by the Police is called "I'll Be I'll Watching." Be watching, yeah, you. not "I'll Be Missing You." Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. and um, okay, I stand corrected. No, no, you're good. So yeah, they they took that song and kind of did their own thing with it. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. Hey, once again, a, a great moment to point out the parallel in terms of like opportunism with loss and grief. Just go ahead and like put that out oh, there. Oh man. Yeah. Dude, Sean Combs nice. was really good at that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then another I'm kind guy, of scared to talk shit about that man. We should not do any no, puppy. No, that's a great guy. He's, oh yeah, he's I, cool. no, I I love Sean yeah. Combs absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he's a mensch, man. If, we he, love if you could see me, if you could see me right now, I am dressed head to toe in Sean in Sean John that I paid full retail price for. Absolutely. So just putting that out. Why is it spelled S H A W N? That's not right. And then the other big song about grief that I thought of, which is one that uh, another one actually that I heard only in my parents' car, was Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Yeah. I would yep. also put Candle in the Wind in that. Oh, yeah. Even Princess though he didn't Scott. actually, yeah. He didn't know Norma Jean, but, but he still. Yeah. Oh right, it was about Marilyn Monroe, not Princess Di. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh my god, another wow. amazing moment in opportunism. You kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Oh, he sold that song twice. He was just like, oh, yeah. he's like, Elton John was like rubbing his hands together. He's like, oh, Princess Di just passed away. I bet I could break out this old chestnut again. That's <laughs> uh, just economical. I love Elton John. If you could see me right now, I'm wearing 100% Elton John clothing. He's like, yeah, I've absolutely <laughs> yeah. got nothing against Elton John. So, yeah, Elton Sean, it's <laughs> yeah, your it's yeah, your mashup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, those two totally could work together. The um, so I, I, what I mean to do is just say to you, Ryan, that this is a this is a tradition, you know, of of musicians and artists and pop music. Like taking a tragedy and turning it into a fungible. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. It's it's just this man failing upwards once again with his own little 9-11 that is going to break <laughs> fucking record he's, sales, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to he's going to win like God of the Universe award by the end of 2023 from, yep. you know. And this song is just even though I'm going to I mean, I guess we're kind of getting into judgments now, but like. I, I don't think I'm gonna say that I really hated this song. I thought it was I thought it was totally fine. And like I, I even I and I also like the I liked the reaction from all these people to say, I have been through all these people that I'm reading, they're just like, I've lost people and this song really helped me. And so for that reason I'm gonna give this song a total pass and say, Ed Sheeran, even though there's one guy out there that wants to send you into outer space. <laughs> and launch you in a rocket to the sun i don't think you're that bad keep doing what you're doing unless you know ryan's mental health severely deteriorates due to that and in which case i will i will ask you to stop <laughs> this is a slippery slope my friend we're setting a dangerous precedent for letting songs like this oh, slide and once that on. happens <laughs> It's just the AI will take over and turn us all into food. So, so, so you can, you, what you go with that. Well, actually we should save you for last because this is your recommendation. So Andrew, what's your judgment? Final yeah. judgment on the song. This is your, you're banging the gavel here. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be a little harder than Brian on this song. I'm definitely going to like, you know, I would not leave it on the radio. If it came on, I would happily change to another station, but in the spectrum of pop songs that I've heard I, you know, in the past 10 years, I'm definitely not that in touch with pop music right now, but in the spectrum of what I've heard, this is, I would say, middle of the road. It is not good pop that I've heard, but it is not the worst of the worst. So um, happily not listen to it, happily move along. Yes, we'll probably judge someone that that tells me that like Ed Sheeran is their absolutely favorite artist. I would be like, yeah, okay. That's fine. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> oh God, yeah. Yeah, there's a shallow pool over there. Go play in it. That's fine. Um, but uh, but otherwise, like other, you know. So I'd give this a solid three out of 
12, I guess. I don't know. We'll come at some point. We'll come up with some type of judging metric for right now. I guess we're all just saying like, I really hated Mm -hmm. it. It was okay. Like it was, I kind of liked it versus like this. And then the best is like, what a great song, man. My mind has changed. All right, Ryan, this is it. This is your last chance to blast your most hated arch nemesis. It's, It's not even blasting him, man. It's like, Doing a public service announcement for everybody out there who has been swindled and bamboozled by this man. It's setting a terrible precedent of recycling bits and pieces of other pop songs that are legitimately okay to good to great. And he has none of the actual chutzpah, none of the actual songwriting uh, chops of songwriting or melody writing. He's doing the least amount of work and he's succeeding the most out of all of these other artists yeah. who should be coming ahead of him, should have more exposure and should be celebrated way more than he is being celebrated. And I don't understand why everybody fucking loves this man and wants to celebrate him because once again, it's the most vapid, uninteresting music you can come across today, and people are eating it up like it's cocaine-laden, chocolate crispy flakes, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> layered with gold, oh, with man, ten candles good. on top, all lit up and sparkling. But buried yeah, underneath I, that is just a big turd. It just blows my mind. That's all it is. It's a turd wrapped in gold foil. To quote, to quote the Reddit user, he sucks, sucks big time. Total douche. <laughs> yeah, old powdered dogna really uh-huh. does, you know, put the finishing touches on it for us. So if you don't like that, but you still want to, I don't know, get kind of the same feeling, like the same kind of vibe, what should you listen to instead of this? That's better. There's better stuff out there. That is a given. So what's what's better? What should we listen to instead of this, guys? Uh, Andrew, why don't you go first? I'm going to start, you know, the comment of someone saying that um, this really helped them through a tough time, you know, that reminded me of, of another song that I am very much into right now. And it's a song called Not by Big Thief. Big Thief, if you're not familiar with them, uh, Many believe, and I'll be one of them to say that, like, probably one of the best bands making music right now, in my opinion, like very much presently obsessed with this band. Um, but I kind of missed their album, Two Hands. Uh, they put out two full length albums in the same year in like 2019, I think it was 2018, 2019. Uh, both just like amazing albums. Uh, but the, yeah, this one kind of fell under my radar. But this song, not when I kind of got back into this, I was watching the video or I was watching a live performance from it from the KEXP sessions. And yeah, someone in the comments thread said something very similar, like this song helped me get through like a serious bout of bipolar depression, something along those lines. And so go check out Not by Big Thief. I highly recommend it. Right on. I'll go next because Ryan, I think you'll have an interesting one this time. I want to see where all that energy is like, where should we direct it from? Uh, So my recommendation is another song about dancing in a weird way, which is Dancing on My Own by the Swedish pop princess Robin. Hmm. It has also a kick-ass beat. It's a really well-tuned, well-crafted pop song. And it definitely has some like the same vibes. I think if someone wanted to listen to this, I would be like, no, let's listen to this. And they'd be like, yeah, this is exactly the kind of song I wanted to hear, but better. There you go. Absolutely. I'm going to try to limit this to as few singer songwriters as I can, but I think you are drawing from a very deep well. If you want to find songs about grief and recovery or grief and just the experiential, like terribleness of it, there's no better genre to pick than singer songwriter. Like they're all very sad people. (laughs) For instance, I mean, any Elliot Smith song, go ahead and pick that. That's a great way to really get a deeper insight into what grief is, what it can mean. And like, I mean, study up on that man and, you know, kind of what his life trajectory was. And you'll see, you know, what grief can bring a person to. Uh, If I were to recommend somebody a song just to get them away from their addiction to Ed, I would say, you know, if you want that singer-songwriter experience, listen to Naked As We Came by Iron and Wine. Oh, that's a great song. 
it's an amazing song. It's full of pathos and it's, you know, somewhat kind of morose and reflecting, but it's also like very beautiful. Very like, beautiful. It encompasses way more facets of life, not just like some like surface level grief yeah. we're trying to build. And, on. and it has an amazing, amazing music video. It's just this like long, long yeah. single shot of like a whole. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Still holds up. It's, it's like four 480p on YouTube at this point because it's so old, but it's still it's still amazing. Yeah. Or like, let's jump over to the people that Ed Sheeran actually came up with, like Passenger, uh, one of his songs, Let Her Go. Incredible. He has an incredible voice and like he's much better lyric writing and songwriting. But if you want to do something that's a little more of like, you know, the multi-genre kind of pop star stuff, uh, like but still has its roots in like the folk singer songwriter. There's nothing better than Sufjan Stevens. Come on, feel the Illinois. Great song to start with. That would be my number one recommendation. Okay. Go listen to Sufjan's come on, feel the Illinois. You're going to get happy. You're going to feel all sorts of feelings about it. And you know what? You're just going to have a better life than if you just keep listening to Ed Sheeran and doing your shots yeah. and dancing by yourself with your eyes closed. That grief Muppet is just going to get bigger and bigger. So we are almost, guys, to the end of our time here. Um, but before we do goodbyes, I wanted to start a new tradition on this podcast. I know that's upending just so much deep, deep tradition. I know, yeah. <laughs> and the, the diehard fans are gonna get are gonna might get upset at me just flipping over the table like Jesus. Um, They're gonna have to change their tattoo already. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, this is the you hate to hear it next time quiz. Okay, so next time is my song recommendation. So I'm gonna give you guys a, I'm gonna give you guys three clues, and uh, we'll see if you who if you can in these three clues guess, and I'll give them one at a time. Okay, the first one's I the love hard, this. First one's the hardest one. This song features the Harajuku girls and the star causing mischief in Van Nuys and Reseda, California. Andrew, you better not be Googling over there. <laughs> Hands off the phone, Jerry. Whoa, that is cheating, dude. No, I'm just taking notes. Just this is your AI chatbot. Find me this I'm gonna try to I'm trying to I'm gonna try to narrow it down to the band at least. I'm gonna say Blink 182. Okay, no, no, incorrect. Shit. All right, Andrew, are you going to save your guests for the next clue? Yeah. yeah, yeah, give me another one. Okay. This song. Wait, am I done? I can't guess yep, you're again? Out. No, yeah. no, you can guess again. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Damn, dude, these rules suck. <laughs> you can guess again. You're just not going to get as many points. All right. So this song was produced by Pharrell, and it's got his stank all over it. You got to guess one right now, Andrew. Oh, man. I really, I mean, Pharrell... 2002, okay. I'm going to say Usher. Mm-mm, afraid not. Okay. Okay, here is the last clue. This song, written as kind of a stadium anthem, features the spelling of a particularly potassium-rich fruit. Wow. Well, until then, I thought it was going to be Let's Get It Started, which was a, a new <laughs> title of a very... Um, PC title <laughs> well, that, from that Black has, Eyed Peas. That has fruit in it too, right? Apple de Daff. <laughs> that guy's kind of got an apple name, but fruit name. Bro. No, but I, I believe, I I don't even know the artist or I just know the hook. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That chip bananas. Something fucking something. You can't come up with the artist? No. No, dude, no. Okay. I don't listen to bad music. Come on. <laughs> You've probably heard this song before. Well, should I say it or should I just leave it as a mystery for next nah, time? I think you'll have to listen to it next time to get that one. Yeah, you'll have to listen next time. Yeah. And if you got it, uh, you know, get on our Twitter, which we will uh, be, I'll be booting that up this week. So, well, guys, we'll get a Twitter, we'll get an email, and maybe we can start taking some fan questions. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And also, if you got it, you really need to get on our playlist that we're going to make for you of better music to be listening to mm-hmm. and ways to spend your life. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get off this stupid call and I'm going to go waste the rest of my night. Okay. Well, in that case, I guess it's time for goodbyes. All right. I am Andrew. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. And thanks for listening. Woohoo! Hey, remember, we might not love the songs that you do, but that doesn't mean we don't love you. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening, guys. Just just don't accept that invitation for the online chat bot interview. Just don't do that. <sighs> Good life advice on you hate to hear it. You know what? I would rather get scammed out of my social security number again than listen to the entire discography <laughs> of Ed Sheeran. Oh, man. Those are... Fair enough. Uh, that's an authentic take. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right.